Welcome into the Godfather and Gordy podcast, where today we are talking about Xavier Flash Worthy to start with. If you don't know who that is, 2021 four-star kid. Could have been a five-star had we seen more of them. Uh, you know, obviously they shut down uh, our West Coast camp. Um, it, it wasn't that. I mean, they shut down a lot of West Coast events. Let's put it this way. So you weren't able to get eyes on them that much. And then, of course, the season was postponed and he tried to enroll early at Michigan. So a full year, just like the Mecca, Egbuga, and some others, no evaluation on him. Fast as heck, came down to Michigan and Alabama. Uh, now he's gotten out of his letter. So I talked to a couple of uh, transfer kids from Michigan and, and, you know, one of them specifically in the same position group. And I asked about Xavier and he said, no, I think he's staying. I think he's OK. But what happened was he tried to enroll early wasn't accepted early what i heard is on him i mean he was late with the paperwork and, yeah. and michigan academics was not going to give him a chance to slide and at that point he decided that he wanted to go to texas which is where i think he ends up because Sark was at alabama uh when he was being recruited so your thoughts on this kid Go. Yeah, I, he was a kid that obviously had emerged sort of late at, as a junior. He was like 145, 50 pounds. And like, you know, is that just a really good high school kid? I really wanted to see him at the All-American Bowl in San Antonio, where it was all primed up for that. But then it was shut down. And so I thought that's where he could have even emerged more as a five star candidate. You know, I hate comparisons like this, but a lot of people were saying Devontae Smith, kind of an undersized, really fast receiver gets open against everybody. Awesome film. Fresno competition is solid, but not outstanding. So we wanted to see him on a national level. And then his recruitment kind of was, was really boring until right in the end, Michigan, Alabama. He had taken that late Alabama visit, if you remember. And it was like, you know, when you take a late Alabama visit, you usually flip and it was all done, but he decided to stick with Michigan. But throughout, like, even when <clears throat> all of that had ended, there were rumors that he wanted out of Michigan I had asked him multiple times about it and he denied it every time. I mean, obviously he wasn't going to tell me flat out, but, um, and then Sark goes to Texas and then all of a sudden all this Texas talk started up. So there was definitely some paperwork issues with him getting in. Obviously he was unhappy about that. Um, I don't know how it was handled on the Michigan side, but ever since this kid sent his paperwork into Michigan or even really committed to Michigan, it seemed like uh, he was looking for a way out in some ways. So I think Texas is the huge beneficiary here. Um, I don't know who else is going to be involved. I think I, I heard Georgia this morning. We'll see if Alabama tries. We'll see if some of the West Coast schools try to get him back home. But I think Texas is in a is in a very good position here. Yeah, and um, you know he was extremely close to fellow Michigan commitment Christian Dixon from California. And their moms were always, you know, tweeting back and forth to each other. Um, and there was clearly a, a bond there family-wise. Um, so when he did visit Alabama, I picked Michigan to, to retain him because of that factor. But now I'm a little bit surprised. Uh, and it's just another kick in the cojones for Michigan. You know, I was on the fort, uh, our Wolverine.com Michigan message board, asking a question about... Uh, I forget, I forget even what it was about, but it was it was it was essentially asking if a certain player was going to break out or get national attention and all this stuff. And in Staxton Hill, who's having a great spring, 
um, and, and is a safety and elite one at that. He was a five-star kid. And they all said, no, we're going to suck too much this year for anyone to get attention. And, you know, no, our team's going to be horrible. And this is the lowest I've heard uh, Michigan fans during the Harbaugh era. And now this kid leaves. I think he's going to end up at Texas. Now, I got a few feelers out. Um, you know, again, I don't know if he's yours or mine. Uh, he's, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm doing something on Factor Fiction for tomorrow, so leave him alone. But okay. He, he signed his LOI and got out of it, um, you know, so that is like, you know, I don't know who handles it. Dylan Brooks obviously did the same thing, heading to Auburn and, uh, you know, uh, uh, a few others this year. Do you think this is a trend? Well, it certainly looks like it's becoming one uh, as the NCAA allows this flexibility of out of LOIs. And those situations were a little different. We were talking Dylan Brooks and Cody Brown and, the Tennessee situation and, and all those kinds of things. I think with the early signing period, it will become more of a trend as we see when coaches get fired and coaches move and all those kinds of things. Um, yeah, I definitely think there's potential for a trend here in terms of I signed my LOI. Um, hold on. I'm writing down what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, I signed my LOI that doesn't matter anymore. I want out because there was a coaching change and the NCAA is not going to not going to say no to me. So it's happened before there's precedent, um, whether it's a coaching change or an academic paperwork issue. Worthy seems like really like not either really. I mean, he had his paperwork figured out and there wasn't many coaching changes. So, I mean, if you talk about Matt Dudek leaving as your recruiting coordinator to Mississippi State, um, as reason why you should be let out, that's that's interesting. So I do think it will happen more, just like there have been so many different trends that have been going on. But in terms of Michigan, I mean, they're talking about getting faster and spreading out the field and throwing the ball all around. Now they lose Giles Jackson and they lose Xavier Worthy. That hurts them big time, I think. Yeah, and, um, you know, they're, they're starting to be more aggressive in recruiting and, and you know, they were – an old staff that's become a young staff. And, you know, until they went on the football field, they're not going to be able to keep kids like this because you look at the schools that he's thinking about going to, which again, Texas, because of his connection with Sark and, and the way Sark uh, utilized the uh, wide receivers in the Alabama office, uh, offense makes them the favorite to me. And they're not a national power at this point in time. I mean, obviously there's a lot of expectations, but there were with Charlie Strong and there, and there were with Tom Herman, but, you know, Alabama is probably going to be interested, but I heard they don't have any scholarship spots anyways. Uh, and that's including Henry Teotoro. Um, USC. Now they're, they're, they're kind of deep at wide receiver, uh, but they, I think they would be interesting to watch as well here. Um, just to see if he does want to go back home. Um, Oklahoma recruits California well. So, it's, it's going to be one of those things where you just watch who lines up for them. And I think, you know, this is going to be a great get for Texas. So Michigan is a, a dumpster fire of a program right now. Let's rank our top five dumpster fires for power five programs that we expect more of. Um, and, or, or let's draft them instead okay. of, you know, so uh, you get the first pick because you're, uh, you, I get the first pick. I'm older. Um, you get the first pick because you're older, yes. First pick, with the first pick of the dumpster fire draft, 
I take uh, Tennessee. And we don't have to go ad nauseum into this, but recruiting is just not going well. Um, you know, they're they're at zero commitments, and and Rutgers is sitting there at eleven in the top ten, and that won't last, of course, but. It, it just speaks to how ridiculous that whole Tennessee situation is where they rose up um, and Clay Travis led the internet against Greg Schiano's hire. And, you know, he was hired essentially, and then it didn't go through because of the Twitter world involves Twitter. And then, you know, they end up settling on Jeremy Pruitt. He becomes horrible and, and not, you know, a nightmare and, and, and a cheater, uh, alleged cheater um yeah. so now they got Joyce Heupel who's not able to recruit anybody at this point in time mainly because of the NCA hanging over their head so with the NCA troubles uh the roster doesn't have a lot of talent on it I just think that Tennessee is my number one pick so you get to pick two now Tennessee is a very good pick thank you probably definitely the best pick the Trevor Lawrence of the dumpster fire draft yes I'm going Nebraska. All right. There is no traction there in terms of anything. There is constant hope that it's going to be turned around immediately. And there's, you know, we went into last season talking about them being potential uh, Big Ten West champions. That didn't happen. You watch them on the field. They're really not that great at, at many positions. Recruiting, two commitments, no traction anywhere. And, and in a very difficult position to put any pressure on Scott Frost because who else do you really get? So I don't know where they go from here. The Big Ten West is getting better in many areas. It's still a winnable division, but I just don't see where there's anything going on there. Yeah, and I was blasted by Nebraska fans. Uh, they, they liked me for a split second because of the fight to play football, but was blasted mm -hmm. by Nebraska fans because I listed my top 10 transfer wide receivers and I didn't list Samari Torrey, who, you know, an Oregon kid who ended up going to Montana and set all sorts of records, broke Randy Moss records at the FCS level, um, you know, first team All-American FCS, on and on. Um, but I just, I didn't feel like he's going to be successful there. I, it's just one of those things where, you know, I picked some other players at, at different schools that aren't exactly known for, you know, developing wide receivers or having explosive offenses. And, and Wandell Robinson leaving Nebraska is another sort of kick in the yeah. face to them. And he's going to Kentucky and everybody's on me about they don't have a quarterback. They, they've got a new offensive coordinator, blah, blah, blah. And I just feel that Wandell Robinson has shown he could be effective at the power five level. And Tory is not. And, you know, again, I, I, I guess I'm tired of hearing Adrian Martinez looks good in the spring. Um, you know, it didn't happen last year because there was no spring. So I guess it's not not something that it just hits me wrong when I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And, and you know, Nebraska being good would be fun <clears throat> because the fan base is so rabid uh, and, and they deserve a winner. But it's just, I mean, name the last Nebraska wide receiver who did anything. I can't. Wasn't Keyshawn Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> that was close. 
So I'm Googling Nebraska wide receivers. Yeah. In NFL. Let's see if anything comes up. No. No. So their draft history, you know, going back to, to last year, in 2020, they had a sixth round pick um, and a seventh round pick. In 2017, they had a, 20, uh, a fifth round pick. Uh, obviously, 2019, they had no picks. 2016 was a big year uh, for them with a couple third rounders, a fourth and a sixth, and you know, two D tackles, an offensive tackle, no wide receiver there. Kenny Bell was a fifth rounder in 2015. I don't know what he's doing with his life right now. Um, Quincy Nua was drafted a sixth round by the Jets. But you look wide receiver, Nebraska, it just doesn't happen. Um, and that's the thing, Mike, like we've said before, we want Nebraska to be good. The college football's better when Tennessee is good and threatening Florida and Georgia in the SEC East and Nebraska's good and that fan base is all fired up about what's going on, but they're just not good. There's, there's just nothing I can say. No. And, and, you know, I'm not going to look any further for good wide receivers there. So, but again, I could do the same thing with, with Kentucky and it's not like they're, you know, churning out wide receivers, but they've got right. some, some athletic kids and, and it's a better roster. Um, you know, just the way they recruit is better. Um, I think Stoops has proven to be a, a better coach. And, you know, they had quarterback problems with injuries. Uh, but, you know, even with Lynn Bowden playing quarterback for his last season in Kentucky, he was taken in the third round. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, a guy named Randall Cobb came from Kentucky. I, I can reference guys, Stevie Johnson at Buffalo. I can reference guys that went to Kentucky and actually had uh, okay careers in recent years. I cannot reference anybody for Nebraska. So that's a good pick. Um, Number three pick overall, dumpster fire programs. I'm going to go with, and this won't be popular. Hmm. I'm going to go with Texas. Hmm. And the reason being is, you know, as you mentioned many times, They've had one 10-win season in the last decade. That was under Tom Herman. They've been back so many times, and it's never worked out. <clears throat> Since Mac Brown, obviously, they were miserable under Charlie Strong and not much better under Tom Herman. Sarkeesian is there bringing excitement. He's recruiting well. He comes from Alabama. He coached at USC. He, he's a big-time guy. Uh, but, it's again, it's like at Texas, I'll believe it when I see it when it comes to – any competition with Oklahoma or any playoff hopes. Texas is a weird one. And I'm, I'm starting a new, not dumpster fire, but getting out of the dumpster, brushing off the ashes from the fire. You think you're getting out of the fire? I have Texas. Sark for all of his former issues and problems feels like there's like a new maturity at Texas. Tom Herman, you know, I, we all have stories and just, you know, all those things. I'm not even going to bring it up. But Stark, you know, is recruiting fine. He brings in an offense that we know is going to move the ball, especially in the Big 12. I like it. I think Texas will be fine. Will they beat Oklahoma every year? No, but at least it'll be inter- more interesting. The other one out of the, out of the fire, and you're going to laugh at me. 
Florida State. They're coming. This class is very strong. They had a lot of kids on campus for the spring game. Is it going to happen this year? No, but 2022 is going to be very good. Florida State will be the second best team in the ACC in three years. Uh, okay. 2022, not 2021, will be very good, you said. 2020, what year are we? So this year's year? going to suck. Yeah, this year's going to be terrible. As we expect. Very good. Um, I think there's so much work to be done there. There is. That I don't see them rebounding um, quickly. I mean, I, I don't see them as a, a horrific you know, losing program that doesn't go to bowl games. Um, but I, I definitely don't see a turnaround there, unfortunately. And and I like Mike Norvell and what he can do. And it's just, to me, there's just too much work to be done there. I mean, you're talking about a team that used to be a national title contender every year, used to finish in the top five in recruiting every year, hasn't even sniffed that recently on the field. Um, and really, I mean, last year, what hope do you get from that season? I mean, they were two and six in conference, three and six overall, and, and their, their three victories uh, came against North Carolina, which was stunning, um, Jacksonville State, which isn't a surprise, and, and Duke, which kind of sucked. So I get what you're saying about recruiting but they're not even close. I mean, the, the dumpster's on fire. They're just, they're just coming out of it. Like they're trying, they don't, they got like maybe a finger on the edge of the dumpster to get, to get out. Whereas Texas, at least they haven't been horrible. They've been winning football games. Right. Uh, but I, yeah, I disagree with you on, on Florida state. But at least there's hope where at, is there really hope at Nebraska that they're going to be a contender again? Is there really hope at Tennessee that they can become an oh. SEC player again? No, Is you're there right. hope at Michigan that they can make it to the playoff. No. I don't think so. So I put them in the All hope right. category. That's, so who are you putting fourth? Who's your fourth draft pick for the for the dumpster fire? See, I, I had changed course there because I don't know who else to say. Of course you do. It? You just don't want to mention them. Dumpster fire? Well, we can argue. Are you going to say my alma mater? I might. They're not a dumpster fire. They have the same record as LSU over the last four years. Yeah, but they got no natties. They've never been to the playoff. Last season was just abysmal. Yes, that well, was... Well, where, where, where are they going to rebound? I mean, what, what's going to help them rebound is... Recruiting last year wasn't great. Better this year. Yes, off a great start, but we all know a lot of those kids can flip and flop if they don't get off to a good start. 0-5 yeah. start is miserable. Yeah, they won their last four games, and that was very important. But Penn State should be, to me, a top 20 recruiting program every year, top 15 probably. And they should always be a 9 or 10 win program and 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 last year you know they beat michigan Rutgers, michigan state and illinois and all those teams suck it was embarrassing last year because the, first of all the indiana game was a joke they definitely that guy didn't score mm -hmm. but then ohio state 
wasn't really all that great. Losing to Maryland, Nebraska, and then getting blown out by Iowa. Iowa doesn't blow anybody out unless you want to get blown out by them. That was completely embarrassing. And yes, that was not good. But dumpster fire. Come yeah, on. No, you're right. I mean, it's it's one season and they lost two games the year before, one to Ohio State and one to Minnesota, who is actually pretty good. So yeah, I won't put them in the dumpster fire category. It's just it's such a big program. Yeah. That you expect more. And when they do have a really bad season like that, it's just um extremely disappointing. So how about USC? Can I draft them? I think I think you might, yeah, I think you probably could draft USC. And here's why. Recruiting in the in the best year in a decade, they didn't get any of those guys. Bryce Young and DJ and Justin Flo and Noah Sewell and all those guys. They didn't get they didn't hardly even recruit Thibodeau. So you just put those players on this on the field right now. And they're probably a college football contender, at least a Pac-12 contender, which would put them in the in the in the picture. Did this you, is another did question. You write down that we segued into uh, Penn, Penn from Penn State to. Uh... Yes, but I don't have the actual minutes per team, so I'm probably going to have to go rewatch See, this. And that's why I made you do it. No offense. It's impossible to do. But, you know, listen, I download it and send it to them. And, you know, I set up the Zoom and you don't know how to record on Zoom. And so. Yes, I do. Well, I've done my part. And I was listening back to this garbage. Yes. For an hour of my life and jotting down the minutes. And, and so Woody told me, our social media lead, jot it down while you're going. And I said, no, I'm going to make Gorney do that now. You know, I know you don't like it any more than I do, but I did it for oof, over a year. So it's your turn now, but you may have to listen back to this awfulness to write down the minutes. So I just wanted to and remind you. the question I brought up to our social media lead this weekend is he listens to a lot of podcasts. He always talks about it. Everyone does, I think. Do you ever hear anybody on any of those podcasts go writing things down and saying what minute of which thing is on and what we're talking about. There's a conversational flow and like you have to think about things. And here I am refreshing my phone every 30 seconds because it locks because I can't get to the, because the the timer, the stopwatch won't stay up. Now I'm writing things, 21 minutes, we talked about USC. 1950, we talked about Penn State. I mean, you know, come on. I hear you, it's a struggle. It is a struggle. But listen, we're, we're, we're putting our best foot forward here, and uh, everybody has to step up and do additional work. So we thank you for doing that, Gorney. But USC, back to USC, the, the, you know, listen, they were 5-1 and one last season overall, short season. It's not like they're losing badly. Right. But based on the expectations that I have for them, not only with recruiting, I mean, eight and five the year before wasn't good. No, um, I, I I expect them to be better. And and everybody hates their coach. The fans hate Clay Helton. Period. That they're not behind him. They want him gone. They've wanted him gone for a few years. That is part of a dumpster fire. Um, well, I think it's more of a dumpster fire from the administration and the fan base in this sense. They could have had Ed Orgeron as their coach, but they didn't like the way he talked, mm. so they didn't hire him. Uh, they hire Clay Helton, who's pretty much the nicest person and human being in the sport, 
and they don't like him. So they have expectation, you know, they have the Urban Meyer expectation that like Urban Meyer is going to come coach at USC. And uh, that's just not reality now. So stick with Clay Helton. He has to refocus in recruiting. Dante Williams is a great recruiter. NIL stuff is uh, coming into play. That's going to help USC in a big way, I think. Dumpster fire is a little harsh, but certainly not meeting expectations. That's for sure. All right. So that's my fourth pick. Pick the last one, number five. Can we say Michigan or has Michigan already been addressed? We said Michigan. So I picked Michigan first. Then you picked, no, I picked Tennessee first. Who did you pick second? Uh, Nebraska. All right. And then I picked, did I just pick my second one? Michigan's in play. So no, I, I, I'm going to take Michigan over USC. Michigan's third. Then maybe I put USC fourth. Um, and, and, and I don't know. I mean, is, does Miami count? Does Miami count? Does, does Baylor count? Oh, I had Texas. I picked Texas. Yeah. So, so yeah, I picked Texas. So you pick Michigan and then Baylor doesn't count. No, there's no Baylor doesn't count. there. I mean, they, they did solid when, when Bryles was letting, you know, animal house occur on campus and, and, um, you know, Matt rules a genius coach. He turned them around and they had a couple of good years, but no, 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 no. There's no tradition there. Miami. Does South Carolina count? No, they've never been good. I mean, they won the SEC once, SEC East once under Spurrier. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, they're a dumpster fire, but based on expectations, I, I don't think so. Does UCLA I, count? No, because they never win anything. Well, then who counts? Who else is a dumpster fire? Miami. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, last year they went eight and three. It's not dumpster fire like, right? Right. Um, you know, the year before that, they went six and seven, which is just embarrassing for Miami with the level of talent that they have in their grasp to recruit. Should yeah, we- I think the dumpster fire in terms of Miami is the recruiting. Like, how many great guys have left South Florida? for greener pastures and then turned out to be really, really awesome football players. Well, and, and they lost to Florida international. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That year um, they lost to a, a, a really, really bad Georgia tech team. Yeah. I remember. And they lost to a horrible Duke team. So that's bad. Uh, this past season, you know, I don't know really who, who is the marquee victory for them. Um, Plus no quarterback play. I mean, yeah, they lost to Clemson and got routed, and they lost to North Carolina and got routed. The other wins are against UAB, Louisville, who sucks, Florida State, who sucks, Pitt, who sucks, Virginia is meh, NC State had a surprising year last year, but they're nothing special, Virginia Tech is not very good, and and Duke, who sucks. So, I don't know. Derek King was a nice addition, but for years, like, quarterback was such an issue there, they couldn't figure anything out. I'm putting them fifth. Maybe I'll, right. I'll do a dumpster fire thing maybe next Tuesday in the three-point stance because people love dumpster fires. But, you know, surprisingly, there aren't as many dumpster fires in college football as you think and expect. Yeah, it's almost like if if you're entering dumpster fire range that you get fired and you're gone. There are still some just hanging on there hoping, though. 
and, but the other part of it too is like there's no parroting in college football well yes there is it's just after you know ohio state alabama clemson and oklahoma after them you know the second tier you got some teams that are consistently good that aren't dumpster fires um and then you've got your teams that should be better like miami and, and penn state and michigan you know who are considered dumpster fires based on expectations but it's not like it's not like as crazy as I thought it was. So, um, so we segued from dumpster fire. We're gonna we're gonna head to the NFL draft. Okay. Where do you pick Kyle Pitts? Hold on. Okay. Now that we're clear on that. Um, hmm. Yeah. Right. Kyle Pitts. Was was it was it true that Atlanta did not go to uh, Justin Fields' pro day? Did you see that? I don't know. Yeah, I heard that. I mean, the the pro day was yesterday. I didn't hear. I reported it who everybody was going to be there, but I had heard that all the teams that that potentially had a chance to draft him had sent somebody. So my assumption is Atlanta didn't just ignore that. I think somebody was there, but I don't have that information. Um, I, I know that that pro day was mainly for San Francisco, um, who I think traded up to number three with no idea what they wanted to do or got cold feet on Mac Jones. Yeah. But you're responsible to trade up at that point in time if you don't a thousand percent know who you want. You know, I mean, there should be no debate right now, but Kyle Pitts could fall to, he could go fall, fall to the Falcons at four. I'll take him five at the Bengals. And, See, I, and I, I would take Jamar Chase over Kyle Pitts. And I know the tight end is so important nowadays as a pass catching threat. And he's got the longest reach and wingspan. And, and he's, you know, obviously been terrific, especially on 50-50 balls, because that's a lot of what Kyle drafts through. But I would take Jamar Chase because I think he's going to be, you know, beyond dynamic. He's, he's built thick, uh, but he's not short. You know, Sterling Sharp was, was one of the comparisons that I saw. Yeah. You know the 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 draft experts making. Um, I think he could be like Julio Jones. I mean, just a big physical receiver that you you you're going to get overpowered by when he's trying to get the football. But the athleticism is off the charts. But he can just outrun you. So if I were to take somebody at four, uh, first of all, the Falcons should probably trade down, but take Jamar Chase. Then you've got the Bengals, who I think should take Panay Sewell. Um, Hold on. Is it too simplistic? Is this too simplistic to say that Joe Burrow's offensive line is so bad that you'd rather Kyle Pitts because you can get him in short yardage sit passing situations where Jamar Chase would take too long to run down the field and he's and Burrow's just going to get smashed? No. Did you see that? Somebody put up a nice graphic. I think it's called a meme. Hmm. Don't mind me. I'm a little slow today. Oh, um, the memes showed Joe Burrow completing a pass downfield to anybody with Panay Sewell blocking. Yeah. And then it showed uh, Jamar Chase downfield with the current offensive line and Joe Burrow on his back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it was like, that's the way it is. I mean, they need to invest. There's going to be freaky wide receivers most every year. This is a very deep wide receiver year. 
and get someone in the third round that's of value. I, I think you got to protect your guy, especially coming off an injury and get Panay Sewell. But, you know, there's been talk of obviously getting a weapon for Joe Burrow. And if Jamar Chase is there, that would be intriguing because they click so well together at LSU. But I don't, this is the weirdest, not the weirdest, but just one of the dumbest drafts. I think the combine not being held really just threw everybody. They don't know what to do. You, you trade up at number three and you're beyond confused as to what to do. Um, you're all in on Mac Jones and you fly down there and he has a, a, a very average pro day. Um, and they put themselves, San Francisco put themselves in such a bad position. If they take Mac Jones and he stinks, they're dead. Yes. I mean, just dead. If they take Justin Fields over Mac Jones and he doesn't play well, they're dead because they initially traded up clearly with the idea of picking Mac Jones because uh, they skipped Justin Fields first, you know, uh, pro day. If they take a position guy, you know, and let's say they take, you know, Penae Sewell at three and shock everybody, or let's say they take uh, Jamar Chase or, or Kyle Pitts, even though they got George Kittle, then you're dead too, because then you got Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. So it's almost no win. Who knows he's not wanted there. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's 10% win at that third pick. And, and this is, these are guys that, you know, kind of volunteered some assets to get up there to number three and they're going to pay the price for it. It's like jumping in, in, in line, like with your parachuting, right? Why get up to three when, you know, you could still have your shoot not open at eight and die. Well, here's my thing too. Like Zach Wilson at number two, or, you know, is that, I mean, what does Zach Wilson give the jets that Sam Darnold didn't give them in, in, in such a big, quantity that you have to you know trade Darnold to get this pick and now you're going to take him and all that kind of stuff it's just First I don't know there, there there seemed to be a lot of like I don't know if it's overthinking because there wasn't a combine or just kind of reckless decision making Mac Jones at number three I mean very quality college quarterback is this the guy that you want to run your offense for the next 10 years I mean at that, at that pick, number three overall in the NFL draft, that just seems high. Trey Lance is being talked about at number four to the Falcons. You know, I mean, geez, a lot of these picks up there are just, you know, that may, that's maybe why these guys always pick up there because they just don't really know what they're doing. Yeah, and, and there's so much need for defense at Atlanta. And to have the number four pick in this draft is kind of a shame because there's not just a go-to elite defensive guy you know there's no miles garrett sitting there or someone who could change chase young who could change your entire you know uh pass rush or you know patrick certain would be nice at four but that's a little bit high for him and they took a corner in the first round last year they're they're in a bad place san francisco's in a bad place as well um zach wilson's personality and cockiness i think is what they're drawn to um which scares me because and Mahomes scared me too because of a lot of the off-platform stuff that scouts rave about these days. You know, yeah. he made some plays at Texas Tech that yeah, I was just like, man, this is not going to fly in the NFL. And that's why when they traded up to number 10, I thought it was for Deshaun Watson. And I tweeted that this was the dumbest pick of the draft. 
because he improvises too much. And then he went on to set records and win a Super Bowl. But I will ask this question. Let's say they traded up and they picked Deshaun Watson and the Texans ended up with Mahomes. Is Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes on the Texans? Well, well, yeah, that's that's kind of what I was going to say is it, Patrick Mahomes is obviously very talented and best one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and will probably be a Hall of Famer. But <clears throat> if he doesn't go to a team with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and now an, a, an incredibly innovative play caller and, you know, running backs and a, an offensive line and all those kinds of things. I mean, Zach Wilson might be the next Patrick Mahomes. We may never know because name three jets receivers you know like yeah. he's going to be throwing to nobody and they're going to get smashed and three years from now everybody's going to hate zach wilson just like they ended up hating sam darnold and zach wilson's going to be walking into his house celebrating that he got traded just like sam darnold did so the geniuses of this draft yes are the miami dolphins okay they've got the 18th pick they obviously traded with San Francisco and then they traded with Philadelphia and now they're sitting at number six and their needs are clearly playmakers for Tua because they're married to Tua for the next four years and I don't think he's going to be very good but you know let's make it easier on him and actually get him some wide receivers or a tight end because he really doesn't have that many weapons so somebody is going to fall to them at six that is going to be a tremendous value let's say I mean, San Fran's got to take a quarterback. Yeah, especially as all these quarterbacks come off one through four, possibly. They, they, have, the, they have the best pick of the draft, maybe. Yeah, so I mean, let's say Atlanta doesn't go quarterback and they go Pitts. And let's say Cincinnati says Jamar Chase. I mean, the worst thing in the world would not be to take, you know, Panay Sewell because their offensive right. line stinks. Um, or you can still get Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle at six if you want. But if Atlanta or Cincinnati decide to go you know, quarterback Atlanta and O-line Cincinnati, you've got your choice between Pitts and Jamar Chase, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's flabbergasting to me that Philadelphia, you know, they traded it with Sam Fran and, and obviously there was a whole three-way deal here, but they're at 12 now and they need, they need wide receivers and a dynamic tight end as much as anybody in the world. And, they might be disappointed with what's left because I could see a little run on Pitts, Chase, and uh, Smith, and maybe Waddle. Waddle will probably fall to them, but I don't know. I mean, I if, think if he's there, if he's there, you take Waddle. If Smith is there, if Smith and Waddle are there, man, that's a tough call. I would take Smith. I, I like his route running. I, I don't care about his size, and I yeah. think proven that he can just dominate anybody i mean he made you know Derek stingley look adequate you know not not great and and i think stingley's the top five pick in the draft next year so but yeah. detroit needs wide receivers um you know they've got hawkinson at tight end but they need wide receivers uh carolina needs a quarterback maybe but now that they traded for darnold what do you do if you take a quarterback at eight and put that much money into him then Darnold is your backup. No, you no Darnold's your you 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 made that trade to for Darnold to be your quarterback. Right. So Carolina needs help all over the place, uh, and and they need weapons for Darnold as well. Denver needs a quarterback, but they could stick with Drew Locke and 
you know, they could focus on some other areas of need. Dallas needs defensive help. The Giants, I think, will look either uh, O-line again or edge. And then Philly, you know, has a shot. If, if all those things happen, they have a shot of getting Devontae Smith. So the way I have it now is I have Trevor Lawrence going one to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Jack Wilson, two to the Jets. I have to believe Justin Fields is going to San Francisco. I no, have, he's not. I know he's not, but I have to say that <laughs> aloud in my head because I love Mac Jones. We've all loved him through the years. It was fun at our camps. He's been yeah, very successful. Awesome. But he's not a number three talent in this draft where Justin Fields is. So, you know, so let's say Mac Jones at three, if they're going to be that that way, then Atlanta, I, I, I would take Fields. He's a Georgia kid, tremendous quarterback. Let him learn under Matt Ryan for a few years and 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 go that route. But their defense is going to suck forever. Um, Cincinnati, I would take Sewell. And then if I'm Miami, I'm like jumping up and down because, you know, I mean, I take Kyle Pitts or, you know, they've got a. Which one do you take, Pitts or Chase? See, I would take Chase because they, they, they got Gusecki, who's okay, right? Yeah, tight end. yeah. And, and, you know, Kyle Pitts is kind of more of a, a wide receiver than he is a tight end, but I would take Jamar Chase, um, you know, because I think he can do more things for you and you have such a need at wide receiver uh, as opposed to doubling up with Gusecki. Now, you know, Pitts is much better than Gusecki, but Gusecki's not horrible. Um, if I'm the Lions, I'm taking, I'm taking a linebacker, Michael Parsons, but they could be tempted to take an offensive guy as well. Yep. And then Carolina, I would take whatever wide receivers available, um, you know, and then Denver. They have so many quarterbacks names. available, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, again, after let's say Fields is the fourth guy, Trey Lance at nine, maybe, but that's that's maybe. iffy. Um, you know, he, he's he hasn't really played anybody and it's a good looking kid and all that stuff, but the problem with drafting a quarterback so high is you're married to him forever. I mean, the look at the Bears. The Bears are still yes, stuck. Trubisky hate. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. My thing, and I've said this before, is like, and and this could be completely wrong, and people can call me idiots for it. But you get the the skill, you get the lineman, and then you worry about your quarterback. NFL quarterbacks, you know. I don't know, man. People, it's you know, the, the Eagles won a championship with their backup quarterback. Right. You got to you know? get, get it right, though. Like, yeah, I get that, you know, offensive line and, and edge rushers and wide receivers and all that stuff are extremely important. But if a quarterback's there and you pass them up, um, you know, then you're dead. And if you do pick them, you're married to them for four to five years, like, you know, like Mariota with the Tennessee Titans yeah. um, or Trubisky with the Bears. Um, and, and then you're stuck. So it's like, it's a crapshoot. But a quarterback can change your fan base. I mean, Jacksonville Jaguars are the 32nd market in the NFL. They shouldn't yeah. be in the, the NFL. I mean, there shouldn't be a team in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, but Trevor Lawrence now brings interesting and excitement to and the NFL in Jacksonville. I, I had to buy a new golf bag this week. I know big news, right? 
I've had one for 15 years and it broke. Uh-huh. I almost bought a Jaguar one just because I like him so much and I want to see them be successful under him. I know, but that's short-term success. It's like, I, I have no problem with them picking Trevor Lawrence. Okay, I get that. But here's the thing. How long until we start hearing Trevor Lawrence is overrated, Trevor Lawrence sucks because he has average receivers, he's going to get smashed, the offensive line is going to be a problem, and they can't run the ball. It's not Trevor Lawrence sucks. It's that, you know, no one around him is any good. So get the people that are around him that could be good. And then yeah, get they got a good rookie running back, though. You know, yeah. they don't. They don't no, Jacksonville's not a good example, but like. No, I know. I get the Jets it. Are a perfect example. They got DJ Chalk and, and LaVisca Chanel. And they don't yeah, have, I actually think Jacksonville could be decent. Yeah, they don't have a lot of talent. Defensively, they got some, some players. But the problem with Jacksonville is everybody wants to leave. I mean. Right. The year they gave Patriots a run for their money in the in the championship game wasn't that long ago. Um, they had an average quarterback under center, but the defense was so good. I believe they had uh, Fowler. Um, obviously, they had Miles Jack, yeah. Ramsey, Ramsey, yeah, and uh, Gakwe. You know, uh, that was a fun team. Yeah, but those guys are gone. I yeah. mean, except for Miles Jack. I mean, they, you know. They just don't want to stay there. And to your point, Peyton Manning was 3-13 and his first season. He threw 28 picks and 26 TDs. And everybody said, he's a bust, he sucks. And and this was before the true bust sucks ridiculousness of social media. I mean, this was 1998 where, you know, that was something that was said around water coolers and in articles. Um, You know, Trevor Lawrence throws 28 picks and 26 TDs as a rookie, he's, he's also going to be ostracized and destroyed yep. on social media with every interception. The following year, Manning went 13 and three and threw 26 TDs and 15 picks. And then from there, he never threw obviously more interceptions than he did touchdowns even close, but he looked bad because his team was bad. Um, mm-hmm. But they got good quick. And I think, you know, Jacksonville could be that way as well with Lawrence. And, you know, if he does turn out to be the talent we expect him to, it will help them in free agency because people will actually be interested in going to Jacksonville as, you know, an offensive player. Whereas now, you know, they can't really draw free agents because why would anybody want to go there? So he's going to be interesting. But, you know, the draft itself right now, I haven't done a mock yet. I got to do a mock. I didn't do a mock because we didn't have – um the combine so i waited for all the pro days to be done and you know fields pro day was yesterday and it's just been so spread out um that i I finally got to do a mock and i have no idea how to mock this no idea it could be any and again the trades are going to be crazy like new england at 15 or washington at 19 absolutely jump up and trade with atlanta uh if they feel that that fields is their guy or trey lance is their guy and they're worried he's going to be taken so you know it's really a difficult year for the draft itself but i do think miami is the genius of this draft and i think we're going to see that but they will not win a super bowl with tua as their quarterback so let's write this time down and we'll do our last segue one more remember when we said we were going to keep these shorter how far are we in we are 47 minutes. Oh, forget it then. Um, let me tell you what's new in my life. Hold on. Okay. So that's something I'm going to share with you, except for 
other than the new golf bag. Hmm. What'd you end up getting? A uh, Callaway? I got a Cowboys one because I'm a Cowboys fan. And yeah, I've been a Cowboys fan forever. And I'm not a rabid Cowboys fan. You know, I'm not throwing the remote at the TV. And I'm not praying we signed Dak Prescott to $80 million contracts and stuff like that. But I figured, you know, the NFL ones were available. Uh, they didn't really have too many college ones. And I can't really have a college one because, you know, God forbid anybody would look at that and say that I'm a homer for somebody. Um, so the Dallas oh, Cowboys. Second, before you get off Cowboys. I had the best brisket of my life this weekend in Dallas at Hutchins Barbecue in Frisco, Texas. Phenomenal place. What's it called? Hutchins, H-U-T-C-H-E-N-S. I think it was so good. So I, I, I went down to um, what's that thing that's held every year in Austin? Uh, uh, South by Southwest. I went to that under our former boss, Eric Winter. Um, and it was kind of funny. It was in between camps. So I think we had like, we had a Dallas camp and then, and then drove down, you know, to Austin. And then we had something else the next mm -hmm. week or something. I don't know. And I was brought out to a barbecue place by Jeff Ketchum. It was a bunch of us and it was unbelievable. And I can't remember the name of it, but Texas does barbecue just different. Yeah, it was, it was amazingly good. It was, it was phenomenal. And I know Tennessee does barbecue very well in some other Southern states too, but give me Texas for barbecue all the time. Um, I'm sorry, what's going on in your life? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like there was something I was going to tell you on the podcast today. Hmm. I'm, I'm not watching anything new. Uh, I mean, I, I imagine you watched the first part of the tell-all, right? Yes, yeah, so I watched the first part of the tell-all. For, for 90 Day Fiance. Um, are you, what's the blonde girl's name? The one with, uh, uh the one with, uh, Mike, Mike, I always forget what her name is. Um, are you on. team Mike or team blonde girl? I, I, I'm almost team blonde girl now. Kind of. Yeah. I go back and forth, but he seems like such a jerk. Do you think, I don't know. Do you think she's pregnant? Um, Natalie, Natalie. Well, I will say this. Hat? She was a little puffier this. Yes. Time. Her face. Puffy is crazy. I know, but but she might be stress eating because he's so rude and mean to her. So that's, that's hard to know. In the, in the Washington woods. Yeah. Trapped. Trapped wherever they live. Uh, and. Uh, but I'm not really team her either because she's. She's so just can't have a good time ever. Yeah, she's she's tough. And she admitted she had some fillers and stuff done. And and the the old the older one with um the the young dude who says everything's awesome with uh oh uh Zied. Zied, yeah. She's you know said she had a ton of work done and she did, and I don't know if it did much for her. Um you know, I, I think the tell-all was a little bit boring. Like if you're, if you're, if the climax of the actual event itself is, is that idiot walking out because he doesn't yeah. want to be on camera, then you're in a little bit of trouble. Um, that guy is despicable. Yeah. And I just, I just, I'm waiting for something good to happen on the tell-all next time. 
Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. Like I need a bomb to drop. You know, like last year you had Mike cheating on Natalie. Yeah. Right? And that was kind of an interesting bomb or whatever, but there's been no bombs. It's been pretty tame. Uh, yeah. I still watch it religiously. I've been watching my fat people. Is it wrong to say fat people? I think so. My 600 pound life. What do we call them? I don't know. Because I'm fat. I mean, I call myself fat. Mm. I'm not so going to go there. I call them fat. But those people are amazing. Amazing. You know, they, 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 they go on a 1200 calorie diet and lose two pounds. Yeah. Right. Right. And then they go back to Dr. What's Dr. his name? Dr. Dr. Now. Dr. Now. And he's like, no, you would lose 20 by now. And they're like, well, I don't know why. And then they're like, well, what'd you eat? And she's like, well, I stopped by KFC. <laughs> <laughs> and there's always the enabler with them. The best one was uh, this, this dude was a drunk and he was a thin guy and he had a job, but he was an alcoholic. And, you know, she was obviously a foodaholic and he, he, he was so frustrated with her in the hotel. He started throwing chips at her head, like bags of chips. It was great. It's like, here, eat that, eat mm. your chips. Um, so he went kind of crazy, but that was something I was going to tell you. And I can't really, I can't really think of it. I, I don't know what's new in my life. Your golf bag, your. Yeah. Is that sad? That's my only thing new. Yes. What's with the, what's new with you? Can't be anything. Nothing. I'm having a, uh, my wife is having a baby in a month and a half. Yeah. And how old is your daughter with the birthday party? You just turned four. I'm looking for your card in the mail any day. Okay. Uh, yeah, at Senate U.S. Postal Service. So, uh, good luck. But you're you're not going to the Miami camp because of her birthday. You know she's never ever going to remember this birthday, right? Well. Oh. Well, here's the thing. Um, I'm not missing birthday parties for a uh, for a football camp. Just not. Do you remember your fourth birthday party? No, I don't. I probably didn't have one. That's why. My dad probably was out of town. Latchkey kid, huh? Um, All right, time to wrap this up. Yeah, no, but listen, back to the birthday party thing. It's like, you almost might as well not even have it. There's going to be zero recollection that she has of her fourth birthday party. You know, deep down, somewhere in the the cerebral cortex, she's going to remember this, and one day... Be nice to me about it. I don't know. You're going to have to show her pictures and say how nice you were to her. For $400, I'm betting that she remembers it. $400? Well, that's what the cost of bringing a Belle character to your fourth birthday party is. What's Belle? From Beauty and the Beast. Oh, my God. Why don't you just dress up as Belle? That's only in my private hours. (laughs) You got to talk to your wife about that. (laughs) All right, so clearly there's nothing new with me. I am a complete total loser. There's nothing new with Gorney. He is a complete total loser as well. Follow him at Adam Gorney. Um, follow me at Rivals Mike. That's on Twitter. Follow him at Adam at Adam Gorney on Instagram. I'm at Rivals Godfather, growing exponentially while you just tread water. Um, yeah. And then TikTok, I can't grow, uh, but it's Rivals Godfather there too. So goodbye, everybody. I hope we didn't bore you with the last 10 minutes.